This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You are listening to The City Vent, proudly sponsored by the Westview Motor Company, supplying your new and used cars. Find us at westviewmotorcompany.co.uk. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the City Event. Uh, I'm Adam and this one is a live episode. And at the minute I'm joined by Labib and I'm also joined by Cameron. How are you doing, gents? We're good? Good, thank you. Yeah, how, how, are, you, how are yourselves? Good, mate. Yeah, very good. I'm um, still reeling after the result, to be honest, at Stevens. I know you two went, so you're the brilliant people to, to get on this to start with. There's going to be other people that are going to join us and go along, but... Um, Labib, I'll come to you first, mate. We'll talk about the game at Stevenage. Anything that stood out to you in particular about the whole the whole day? I think I think it for me, and, and I'm sure most people have said this already. It was just remarkable um, of, of how differently we played in the first half as opposed to the second half. Uh, first half, I, and I've tweeted about it. I thought we were terrible, um, you know. And I think Hughes has said pretty much the same thing in his post-match comments. Is that you know we. Were, we were trying to play the long ball stuff, knocking it long, knocking it high, weren't picking it up, weren't picking up any loose balls, weren't holding the ball, wasn't keeping possession. Um, and I think the only kind of attack of any note was when Derbyshire blazed it way over the bar just before half-time. Other yeah. than that, I don't recall us doing much in front of the goal. Um, second half was a different kettle of fish. You know, we played it on the deck, he's threading it through the defence, getting them turned. Um, you know, Cook with his couple of assists. Um, penalty, you could almost see it coming, really, to be honest. Um, I mean, I remember looking at the referee and he was talking to both sets of players just before the free kick came over. And then when it did eventually came, come over, you know, it, it, it was almost predictable what he was going to do. Um, but tremendous second half performance, really. Um you know, to come back and, and to score three against um, one of the, the league's best sides, really. Home record, I think, is top top home record they've got. But phenomenal second half. Really, really enjoyed it, obviously. But such a contrast to the first half. Well, Labib, I was absolutely furious that first half. And I put a tweet out and since I've got pelters about it, people saying, you've got to give it the full 90 minutes and all this and that. And I don't agree with that. 
you know, you're commenting what you're saying. I'm sure you guys at the ground, you're all saying the same thing when you were getting your beers at halftime or whatever, but it was shocking. It was absolutely awful to watch. Like you say, it was just hitting hope all the time. And to me, I was thinking, if you're going to knock it long every time, why is Vidane Oliver not playing with Cook? You know, why have you got two big men up to, you know, battle with their, their big lads? And anyway, it was frustrating. And then it was like, we came out, I thought we were going to get beat 3 or 4 nil, to be honest. And then they reacted. Uh, they must have had a rocket up their ass at halftime. That's the only way I can see. Um, and what's happened? Now, some people were saying that it was a Mark Hughes masterclass. Um, the whole, the, and he planned the whole game to be as it was. But I don't think so. I think the energy totally changed in that in that second half. And um, Cameron, I'll ask you as well, mate. Is there anything you want to add to that, or your thoughts on it? I pretty much uh, agree with everything so far. Like I actually arrived five minutes late because I was I was running late in traffic. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I couldn't really believe what I was watching the first half. I think like they didn't really like have a. A plan, I think, as to what to do, really. Um, I think Stevenage kind of just, I think their whole game plan was working. And I think we just, at times, you could just clearly tell when passes were going out, it was just kind of hope for the best uh, kind of thing. But um, I think what did impress me was that second half, not only because we came back 3-2, but I think it was the manner in which we did it. I think you could see a lot, especially like Clayton, I think you could see from the away end, um, he was really vocal and stuff. Um, I think more so than like Smallwood, to be honest. Um, and I think it's nothing against Smallwood. like. I kind of think he gets criticised a lot, I think, um, unfairly. I do think he's a solid player, Smallwood. Probably not as what we thought he was going to be, but I still think he's a very good player at this level. But um, I do think at times, um, even though he's got the armband, he sometimes kind of get a bit lost and he maybe doesn't have that presence we thought we did. But I thought, I think Clayton's brought like a massive dynamic and I think he was quite influential in that second half. I think, like... We could just, um, when watching them, like off the ball or whatever, just when they're running around and talking and stuff, I think he's just brought like a different dynamic. I think not in, not in his ability, I think it's just more his leadership. Um, and I know he's been thrown around that quite a lot, but I do think it has made a quite a big difference, to be fair. Because I look back on that Stockport game we drew, we drew as well. I think he was quite good in that as well. And I think in season, a uh, few games before the January window, I think that was a game we probably would have lost, to be fair, if it wasn't for maybe him coming in and stuff and making a difference. So um, I'm not saying he's going to be the difference between us getting automatics or playoffs or whatever, but I do think he'll certainly um, help, uh, help towards that goal, uh, definitely. I just wish we were here a bit sooner, to be honest. Yeah. I wish we had him, you know, a bit at the start of the season because he's, he's made such a difference. We're, and I think Harry Lewis came out and said it, didn't he, on the interview that we don't have leaders in the squad. Um, and it looks like, I think, you, you know, you've alluded to that Stubbs as well is a is a leader at the back and, and organising everybody as well. And I think we're really missing that. And especially if you get into the playoffs, you need them sort of players to, you know, bring the lads together and give them a slap on the ass and say, come on, let, let's keep going, you know. Um, so yeah, I think you make a really good point about Clayton. Labib, you're going to say something then, mate. Sorry, I spoke yeah, over you. Yeah, what, what I was going to say, he actually reminds me a little bit of Gary Jones. Um, in the fact that you know he's not the quickest, right? Uh, he's, he's not the most mobile, but with just a couple of touches, he can beat players and leave them for dead. And, and I think that's his intelligence and his kind of know how, his experience. Um, and you know, Jones is very similar, not the fastest around the park, but he, he was in the right place at the right time, kind of thing, reads the game well, knows where to be, puts the tackle in, plays a simple pass, you know, the kind of thing you want a defensive midfielder to do. Um, and particularly with the Mansfield game, there were a couple of times where Clayton just left his opponent for dead. And he didn't out-sprint them. You know, it wasn't fancy footwork. It was just a bit of a shimmy um, and, you know, some good footwork and that gets the ball out of his feet, lays it off. Um, 
So yeah, definitely agree. That you could almost see he's played at a higher level, you know, when you kind of watch him playing. And that's that's if I'm being blunt, I've not really noticed that with Smallwood. I, I take your point, Cameron. I think he does get a lot of criticism, but I think it's also not lived up to expectations. Totally not mine. Certainly yeah. not mine. Um, so I was expecting more from him. I would expect to see a championship level player kind of dominate in the midfield. I don't know whether that's a little bit unrealistic, but that, that's what I would have expected to see. And I don't think he's done that. I agree with you there, LB, but I feel like we can only excuse it so long. I think it's because he's the captain. You sort of, everybody's giving him a bit of leeway and, and Smallwood and what have you, and over the week saying he'll come good and all this, and he's, he's not going to turn into a bad player overnight. But I think everybody in our fan base would agree that we expected more from him. He were our marquee signing, captain of the club, come from higher division and played consistently at that level. And we just hadn't quite seen it. Um, somebody had put an interesting tweet out about Smallwood and they said that he, he plays almost like he's doing us a favour by dropping down and, and playing in League Two for us. And it might sound a bit silly, but so, sometimes you can you can see that. And for me, when East came into the midfield, I absolutely loved that midfield three. I thought it complemented each other so well, the, the three of them. The energy that East brought, um, classy on the ball as well. Maybe he needs to fill out a little bit. Maybe that's one of his one of his issues, East, but big fan of him. But yeah, Adam Clayton, I just feel like he's just brought that that balance, that calm, calmness in the middle. And he's got that confidence, I need to bring it down, not to rush rush with the ball. Like he'll take a touch or or try and beat a player like by just kicking it, you know, from underneath mm. and what have you. I think we've been... what, what I would say with um, East is I kind of get why he left him out in the Stevenage game because I think he did go for experience. Yeah, but that's fair. I would I would be bringing him back for Tramier to be fair East because um, I thought he did all right smaller, but I wasn't like looking at him thinking, oh yeah, like him and Clayton and all that were brilliant. He was like, he did decent, but I would put he's straight back in to be fair against Tramier tomorrow. I think that's a fair shout, and you're almost taking that pressure off Smallwood as well by taking him out of the team. You know, maybe he's feeling that expectation because he's our key player. Has he been the key player for the teams before when he's played higher? Maybe not. Maybe he's just been like, um, you know, within the system and doing the job that he needs to do, but not standing out when we're expecting him to stand out. You know, um, but I think you're right. East probably will in a, in an attacking sense at home when you're going at teams. I think East is a better player to have if you've got Adam Clayton sitting in in front of the back four. So. That's that's another good point. Um, I think we need to talk about Andy Cook as well, gentlemen, because you know it's it's been a topic of debate since the end of last season. I absolutely put belters towards him, um, embarrassed myself. Will be laughing at me already, but I wanted him to go. Um, I, I put a suggestion out between him and Vidane and Oliver. You know, should Vidane be playing when he came back in? He looked quite good, but Andy Cook again, he's just a different animal, isn't he? And, People come on the spaces and say, and I think I've probably even said this before, that all he does is score goals. He was involved in every goal. I think he's been involved in the last four goals we've scored, hasn't he? Because obviously they scored the goal. And one goal yeah, one goal, two assists on Saturday. Yeah. So, and, and it, clever one at the pass. Because I, I think he's a greedy player, but you want that in a striker. But that, that pass he played to Walker, and even Vidane Oliver's part in that goal were brilliant because he just sort of, you know, stood and left it. And yeah, James Walker, we love him, but... So Andy Cook, what, what are your thoughts on him coming back in? Do you feel do you feel like it is because he's been dropped and he just sort of reacts to that? Right, I'm having my shirt back, sort of thing. Go on, what are you? <laughs> no, I was just I think yeah. I do I do it to be fair, like I know a lot of people criticize Hughes for like keeping him out during Christmas and stuff, though, but 
there has been a trend where, especially when he's been with us, he has dipped off then. I know you could arguably say it's because the team as a whole has dipped off and, you know, that's been the period normally when, like, you know, the Derek Adams and uh, and stuff has kind of, like, been sacked and moved on. But it, it has been quite a common trend um, and stuff. So I, I don't think he's necessarily done the, uh, the the wrong thing in leaving him out, to be fair, because it's I know it's a bit early to say because um, I know it's only been two games, but you are starting to see him, like, getting like getting back to where he kind of was really before he was like left out and I think on the space afterwards someone mentioned about I think he would he should have been rightfully dropped after the Carlisle game and I did agree with that to be fair in that um I think he probably was right to be dropped but um I think at the, at the moment though I think for me he has to be first choice and I think we've only got about 18 games to go um you know and I think the fact that we've got options to bring off the bench it's not a case of he has to play a full 90 minutes now for the remainder of the season and if he does pick up a bit of a knock, he has to play through it like he has in previous seasons. You know, we kind of thought to bring him off and leave him out a game or whatever to kind of like um, rest up or whatever. But I think for me, I do like Vidane and I know we've got him on a three-year deal. But I, I think if it was going to happen with Vidane this year, I think it would have we would have seen signs of it happening. But it's just not really worked for him, I don't think. Um, whether that's going to change next season or the season after, we'll have to wait and see. But I think, surely, you've got to go with your informed player now and that's Cook and he has delivered this year, so I don't see why you would drop him. I'll come to you, Labib, in a second on this, but I just wanted to read a comment out that's come on the YouTube channel that said that you don't drop the second top scorer in the division. Hugh's got that wrong. Now, I feel like that is potentially a fair comment, but for me, like Cameron's just alluded to there, it's... He's dropped off in seasons and, and Hughes almost said it, didn't he? That, that when we've had Cook over the last sort of couple of years, he goes, he puts weight on and then he, he, his form just completely goes and it just looks knackered towards the end of the season. And this little break he's had, is it is it, you know, so clever of Hughes to do or is it just because he wants Vidane in and Vidane's his main man? Labib, I'll sort of lead you in with that and, and you can share your thoughts on Cook. Well, um, I've got I've got two points to make around this. The second one's a little bit more controversial. But the first oh. one is remember when we signed him, um, well, when we signed Oliver, you know, um, almost like a little bit like Smallwood, you know, kind of um, three-year deal. So I think at that time, I think Hugh saw him as the main striker. And the first couple of games, he did start. Cook was on the bench. Um so I'm pretty convinced that's what Hughes saw as his most favoured lineup at that time. But of course, you know, Andy Cook's coming and, he, and he's done what any striker is, is paid to do. He scored goals and he, you just can't ignore that. We've been crying out for a, a striker for years, for somebody who can get potentially 20 a season. Cook looks to be on target for that. So... It could be a master stroke, leaving him out for, for the kind of January games, give him that rest. Agree with comments that he does seem to get injured mid-season, uh, comes back, puts weight on, not as good as he has been. So it could well be something that Hughes was, was you know, stroke a genius. Um, but he's back in the side. He's got, you know, last two starts, scored two goals, at least two assists, if not more. And it's exactly what you want from a striker. So coming back to the, the second point I was going to make, one thing that was really frustrated about the first half is that we had very little width. Um, you know, we didn't really start kind of seem to build that attack. But I'm gonna kind of gonna contradict myself now a little bit. Is if you look at a lot of the goals that we score, and if you look at that third goal, Cook had the ball on the deck and he threaded it through their kind of back four on a walker running onto it, slots it home. We've scored a lot of goals like that, 
we don't always rely upon wingers getting the ball out wide, banging crosses in. We have scored goals like that, I'm not denying that. But a lot of the goals that we score is when the ball's played on the deck and it's played threaded in behind the defence and, and attackers are running onto it and scoring that way. Um, and I think Cook does that quite well. Um, whereas if you're going to rely upon Oliver, we are very much going to rely upon with wingers getting balls into the box. And I'm not convinced that's the right way that our team should be playing. If you look at the formation and the setup that we've got, we're very much a kind of possession-based team. Appreciate a lot of the possession ends up going back to Lewis and we're kind of fighting around with it in front of our back four um, instead of getting it forward. And it's frustrating to watch at times, I understand that, um, without kind of very real forward attacking intent. But the, the style of game, the style of play is very much possession-based. It's about passing and creating and building that kind of openings. It's not necessarily feeding it out to wingers and, and banging crosses into the box every time. So the style that we play and the style of goals that we score, which is on the deck, threading it through, turning the defence and getting the ball across, back across, um, I think works for us quite well, if I'm honest. So I'm not necessarily convinced we need to play with wingers. Because my controversial opinion. Yeah, no, that's what it's all about. And I think a lot of people are crying out for Banksy, like, where's Banksy? Why is he not in the team? And traditionally in football, it seems to be we've got an obsession with wingers, no matter who you support. Everybody loves a winger. It's that sort of fancy player in it out wide that beats a man and whips it in. And I think you make a really valid point there. Um, and it almost seems that a lot of the goals Cook scored, they've not always come from crosses. I think he scored from a cross in at Mansfield away yeah. from memory. And there's been a few here and there, aren't there, and what have you. And um, obviously, um, the goal he scored were a corner, wasn't it? I think. Uh, the home game, yeah, he scored direct from a corner, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So that that again, I think we'll have to watch it and see see what we think from that now, Labib. And I'm sure people form further opinions on it. Yeah. The other, the other thing, just, just one more. Obviously, um, that lad for Stevenage, Perigiani scored again against us and he seems to score like, every time we play against us. Remember, do you remember him at Oldham? Yes. Yeah, always used to score against us and that's the other thing that's letting us down. None of our defenders have scored yet, I don't think. It's, uh, it's a worry, isn't it? From front corners. Yeah, and a half scored on Saturday. We always, we always used to score, didn't we? You know, in the days of Phil Parkinson, it was like quite, it were all the time. Wasn't it? People used to put a bet on like McArdle scoring every week or whatever from an header or and we just I don't think they've scored one this season, our defenders. Yeah. So uh, we have James who's joined us, but he's disappeared again. So hopefully he's gonna come back. I'm just gonna introduce him then at that point. Um but the other thing I wanted to mention, Randy Cook, uh, in regards to contract end of season, um, and what you guys would do because it's a it's a big talking point. Obviously, we don't know what the season's gonna end up like. Are we gonna end up in League One? Are we gonna stay in League Two? We don't know. Um with any, all of that in mind, and Andy Cook's form this season, and if you look at Andy Cook's form maybe last season, would you be offering him a contract at the end of this season, or would you be letting him go? For me, it very much depends where we are. Um, if by some kind of small miracle we, we, we go up, either through the playoffs or automatic, um, I'm not sure he's up to League One football, if I'm blunt. I think you've got to offer him one, definitely, haven't you? Um... Have we lost your camera? Are you there, bit? 
You you were speaking and it went funny. Did you hear it says me then, Lubby? I don't know if you're a bit behind camera. Are you there, mate? I did I did hear him. It was like he was sort of speaking before when you started, maybe, but um we'll see we'll see if he probably wants to disconnect and connect back up. But yeah, James is I think I think if we went up, um I think I would still resign regardless if we went up, but whether it'd be my first top choice striker is probably a different matter. I'm just gonna remove Cameron and get him added again. Um just, just I think his his audio's behind there. There's some there's something Cameron, can you hear me live now, mate? <laughs> he's behind, you can tell from his eyes, he's, he's well behind. So I'm going to just remove him again and get him to to reconnect. Um, James, you might as well wait in on this one, mate. Uh, we're talking about Andy Cook and would you offer him a contract at the end of the season? Because I know he's, he's it form this season, but is he, if we get into League One, for example, is he somebody that could take us forward in League One? Um, I, I think he could, he could probably score goals for you, but I, I think the fact that Hughes has had to come out and say, he needs a rest mid-season and he needs to be hungry. It's quite worrying, to be honest, you know. Is it someone... Do, do we want someone who needs to have four or five games out to come back and be, be better and be what we want? I, I think we need someone who can be consistent, consistent all season and be reliant on, um, especially if you're going up a league. Um, he does a job, he does a fantastic job, uh, sometimes and most times on his own. Um, but uh, I think maybe at the next level, we probably want someone who can who can be relied upon for you know 40 games and not have to have uh, five, six, seven, eight games off. Yeah, it's a good point you make. I just I think that this season is his best season he's ever had. Um, it's it's standout for him. He scored 18 goals, I think, in all competitions, which is mm. is unreal. Um, and obviously he chipped in with a couple of assists as well. So, is it a one-off for Andy Cook to do that? Is this his big season in the football league? And then next season, is he going to drop off again? Um, we don't know. Or is Hughes coming in? Is it is things change for him? Like his diet? Because there was some at the start of the season. I don't know if you remember this, but we discussed it quite a lot about diets when Hughes came in at City. They were disgusted with what, with what they were eating. Um, there were Theo Robinson with his six cheeseburgers. and um, But yeah, I mean, jokes aside, I think they were really bad. So he's put like diet plans together from being at higher level for him and things like that. And I think that's been a, a key thing. And maybe that has, that's helped Andy Cook as well, rather than him eating what, what he wants on the night time, six Mars bars and all that. Um, Cameron, I think we've got you back, mate. I don't know if you can... Are you there? Is he there? I don't know. Oh, he's gone off again. <laughs> um, yeah, so Andy Cook, it's, it's an interesting one. That was a nasty rumour about Theo Robinson, though, wasn't it? And his che six cheeseburgers, pre-game meal, wasn't it? It was never yeah. proven, wasn't it? Well, apparently somebody, somebody works at McDonald's that's a City fan. Um, <laughs> and they were sort of to relieve I Sutton as well, getting 20 chicken nuggets one time. But that were after a game. <laughs> which is kind of acceptable, but but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, on a serious note, I feel like that, that might have had a difference. And I think this this whole situation with him, you know, losing form or whatever, we'll have to probably see over the next couple of months if he, if he does, you know, keep kicking on and scoring goals. But we're playing Tranmere tomorrow, uh, another of his ex-teams. And he's going to score against him, isn't he? It's just written in the stars. 
So I don't know. For me, I'd, I'd keep Andy Cook. I know I've been a big hater of him, and I'm probably backtracking a little bit, you know, in all honesty. But um, but yeah, I think he's definitely worth another contract, but not to be completely relied upon. I don't think in League One. I don't know if he quite cut the mustard against them top defenders. Anything to add on that, Labib? Uh, no, I think it's fair enough. Um, although having said that, it, we did we did play against him in League One, didn't we? I think he was at Walsall, if you remember. And he he got didn't sent- do well. He didn't do well, did he? He didn't. No, uh, he got sent off after about five or six minutes. Do you remember that game? Yeah. We lost three two against ten men, and David yeah. Hopkins resigned the following Monday. We always lose against ten men. It's such a mm-hmm. Bradford City thing, isn't it? It's bizarre. I, I remember it so many times. Um, Fleetwood away one time as well. I think they beat us one 0 or something. Um, yeah. Joey Barton went manager at the time. But yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? We always seem to struggle against ten ten men. Um, somebody else has put a comment on the YouTube as well to say that the the difference on Saturday was the return of Jamie Walker. Gives confidence confidence to those two in front, and he must stay fit if he want to get into the top seven. Totally agree with that. I um I had somebody who came on the space uh, yesterday who suggested that it was overrated Walker. Oh, I heard this, yeah. So I was like, "What?" But I think what he meant was that he just he play he don't play enough, and I think you need to keep him, you know, injury free, I guess, for the season. But I I think he's absolutely superb. I think he's our best player personally, Jamie Walker. And when he's on the field, it's like like Christian just pointed out there. Everybody just seems much more confident and sort of. It, I don't know. It just he just works for everything. Don't he? he wants to win every ball. What do you gents think about Walker? I think he like links with like the, the strikes and stuff a lot better. I think with Chapman, I, I think um, you know, I don't know if you listen to the Whip for the Post. They do a podcast, I think, every few months, and they said with Chapman's output in assists, like um, I can't remember how much he was at, um, roughly averaging, um, but it, it wasn't a lot, like in terms of his creativity and whatever. Whereas I think with Walker, you could clearly see, um, especially at Wimbledon, because I was at Wimbledon as well, and I know he got sent off, which I think it was a bit reckless of him. But before the sending off, you could see he was getting into it a lot more, and we probably would, I think, would have probably gone to score if he hadn't got sent off. Um, so it was a shame he did, but I think in the games he has been back in, I think you can just see there's there is just that difference between him and just the forward line, which I think Chapman lacked at times. Which I don't really necessarily blame Chapman because I know it's not his natural position, but I think you can clearly tell we have lacked in that area all season, and I think it's just been unfortunate he's been out for so long. I want to come back to John Chapman and just sort of bring this up as well, and we'll keep continuing to talk about Walker. But Chapman makes doing not very much look good, if that makes sense. Like he looks good at what he's doing, but nothing actually happens from it. Every shot he has, it's a defender. It hits somebody. It gets blocked. I don't even think I've seen a shot on target from him this season, or from what I remember. Um, oh, he's scored on it actually, so that's stupid. But like in general, when you watch him, um, I don't know. He just seems to make the wrong decision. Like uh, Nevers that we threw the other day. And we could have won yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah. It was such an easy pass, and I'm thinking, just just play it across. So yeah, I'm not sold on Chapman. I feel like he's de- he's clearly got ability as a footballer, but he just doesn't do enough. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, James? Chapman. Chapman. Um, I think he's he's got lots of energy. He likes to run at people. I like the fact that he can pick a ball up and start to take five or six strides forward before he starts looking for people because we, we have people in the middle of the park who are very able to pass uh, square or they're able to pass backwards, but very few people tend to look for that ball forwards, and Chapman's one of those. So I do like Chapman. 
But I think it's just this decision making in the last sort of third is is sometimes very poor. But as a player, I think I would like to have him in the squad rather than out of the squad, if that makes sense. I just think he yeah. brings something that's a little bit different than what we've got otherwise. Um, maybe a little bit like what Dion Pereira was last season. Uh, obviously, he's struggling for a bit of form this season, but um, he just brings that ability to run at defenders and make them think. He's clearly a talented footballer, but you can sort of see why he's had to drop down a couple of levels to me. Mm. It's like he's got the right idea, but there's no conviction, you know? And if, if he got the conviction mm. six or seven times out of ten, it'd be absolutely brilliant for us. And would it would he suit playing with Walker as that number ten and him, him out wide? I know he's not the paciest of players, but I'd like to see that, to be honest with you. Um, mm. I'm really excited to see Osadibi back, me personally. I cannot wait. He's probably going to let us all down and be absolutely shite, but I've just got this feeling that he's going to be a really good player. He looked really good in pre-season. Mm. What, you know, always good players seem to do ridiculous things, don't they, haircuts and stuff like that. You've got to be good to pull something like that off. So, yeah, I'm excited for, for Paddy to come back. Um, but we'll have to see. I think he's, he's, he's training fully now, so it's probably going to be weeks, which is crazy. It's, I mean, can you remember his leg? It was just awful, wasn't it, that game against Doncaster? But, yeah, he looks ready to go against so that. will be interesting when he comes in. Um, but Walker-wise, Labib, have you got up to add on him? Any, any thoughts on Jamie Walker? No, nothing other than, than what we've already said. I think, in, in summary, we're, we're a better team with him in it, really. Um, and I think when he first came back from his injury a couple of weeks ago, you could see he was struggling for fitness. Uh, and kind of stamina, he just didn't have the pace, didn't have the power, the energy. Um, but now he's been playing and he's kind of getting that levels of fitness back. Um, I think, yeah, I thought he played really well against Mansfield. Uh, he looked threatening, you know, kind of going forward, carrying the ball. Uh, and obviously on Saturday, you know, popping up with a winner. Excellent finish, really. Such composure. Well, it looked uh, so easy, didn't it, Labib? It was yeah. like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think we're better. Better, we're a better team with him in it. I, what do you think about if if Walker was the captain? Because I I could see Walker as a captain. I know he's not always the most vocal, but just leading by example. You know, he runs for everything. Um, he's again, he's probably our best player in my in my head. Do you think it'd suit him, or, or do you prefer like the old school captain that's beating his chest and you know shouting, you know, and in yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit old school that way. Um, yeah, Gary Jones style. Yeah, Gary Jones, yeah, literally kind of pick somebody up by the scruff of the neck and yeah. tell them what to do, where to go, how to do it. Um, Adam Clayton, then maybe would he be a good chap? Yeah, I think I think Clayton would be would be very good in terms of that that role. Um, obviously, the position that he plays as well, Clayton, that kind of really defensive midfielder sitting very deep. You can kind of see the game in front of him. Uh, which is what Jones used to do. You can see what needs to be done, um, you know. And that, I, I, personally, for me, I think that's what you need. I, I don't disagree. Walker leads by example, runs after everything, chases everything, um, you know, gives it, as you'd expect, 100%. But for me, I, I prefer somebody who's a bit more vocal. I don't think it's no surprise as well that when you look at our form and, and you know, picking results up, it seems to have coincided with bringing Clayton in like Cameron alluded to earlier and Jamie Walker coming back in so those leaders and that experience as well I mean if you looked at the starting 11 at Saturday the experience in that team were ridiculous um, it was like dad's army almost wasn't it but 
But yeah, you can see it, can't you? And, and I think that you need that. You need that at this level. Um, anything else on Jamie Walker, gentlemen? Anything else on that one? No, I think like just from the comment yesterday about him being overrated and whatnot. But I think. <laughs> You know, it's one thing if he gets like a little niggle here and there, like constantly, you can kind of say, "Oh God, like we've got to have another injury from player." But I do think it was just one of them freakish injuries that, like, kind of like what happened with Visa, you know, where he's never really had a track record of being injured, and then all of a sudden he just he gets injury after injury and um, and stuff. So I think we were just unfortunate. I think with Walker that he was just out for that first half of the season. But I think I think he's gonna be massively influential if you keep him fit towards the second half of the season, I think, um, especially with the running games we've got now, because I think these next 10 games we've got, I think are really going to define whether we go, we go up or not really this year. Good point. And I think that when you look at Walker, if you've got an injury-free Walker and he's not injury-prone, he's playing, to me, championship football, league one football as a minimum. Um, you know, and if you can get a full season out of him, I really do believe that. So he's definitely going to be one that's coming up to league one with us next season for sure. And another name I wanted to discuss on the same sentence as that is Harry Lewis because what on earth and how on earth have we signed him because he is absolutely unbelievable to me people have been saying this over the last couple of days but is he the best keeper we've had since Premier League days would you say I think he's certainly got to be up there surely like I, I remember that, that, that Stevenage game um, when he was he did he clear did he save it off the line? I, I remember watching it and I was like, Oh, this is like this has gone in. And you could see all the Stevenage fans like jumping up, like almost a celebrate. And I thought, Oh, but when he kept it out, I'm kind of like, you know, when like you just kind of uh, stood there in silence, like kind of like, like, like gasping, yeah, yeah, mouth yeah. open. <laughs> I was literally like, oh, I was speechless. I was like, I can't believe he's actually saved that out. I, I think for me, if, I think if you could sign a hundred year deal, I'd, I'd give it in. He's, he's absolutely insane. I love him. If we can raise some funds and pay for his contract for the next 10 years, somehow give him t 20 grand a week or whatever he wants and, a, and an house in bail, then I don't know. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm in love with him in every way. I'm not even afraid to say it. it's Valentine's Day and it's tomorrow, so why not? Um, LeBay, what are your thoughts on Lewis, mate? I, th I think we um, the last time I came on here a few episodes back, I think we spoke about Harry Lewis. We always do. Yeah, we always do. And I think we you know, for, if you forget, put to one side his his kind of commitment and his kind of buy into the project, which I think is, you know, absolutely without any challenge at all whatsoever. But I think yeah, as a goalkeeper, is is done very very well. My only question, right, about whether he would play at a higher level is his size. Um, so you know, top players, top goalkeepers tend to be quite big lads these days. How tall is it? He's, I don't, I don't know, but he doesn't look yeah. that big. Yeah, I, I think now you say actually, I do. Yeah, it does yeah. actually. I, I totally disagree with you, Lebe, because yeah. I know obviously because I'm in love with Harry Lewis, but not but with that aside. Um, Jordan Pickford, England's number one. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah. I don't even think he touches six foot, and he's he's one of the best keepers in the world. It's been yeah. at an international level, maybe not Everton, but in a national level, brilliant. And I think it depends on like your reactions as well, doesn't it? Because yeah. some, people, some keepers, if they're tall, they can compensate for not having to be reacting as fast because of how tall they are. But I think when you're sure, you've got to have good uh, reflexes and reactions. But I think I think Harry Lewis has proved that time and time again this year. He's definitely yeah. got that. But I see what you mean when you look at maybe the levels and, and what have you. I think generally nowadays keepers are you know tall. Um, but yeah, the reactions and stuff you get from I think it sort of balances it out. When you look at stats on Championship Manager, you get like one or the other, don't you? Generally, and 
Yeah, I, I disagree with Lebe because I just think he's absolutely superb. And, and, and as Marvin's pointed out on the comments, Lewis is the best thing since sliced bread, which I totally agree with. Is is he potentially our best signing in the last? Uh, I don't know how many years would you say? What would you compare him with as like a top signing that's had an impact? James, I'll ask you this one bit. Um, uh, it's difficult because it's a different. It's a different position to other signings, isn't it? So other signings tend to get the limelight because they're going and they're creating chances or they're scoring goals. Whereas a goalkeeper, obviously, his job is to prevent goals. So um, as a shot stopper, I think he's. I think he's probably the best I've seen in the league this season. Um, He hasn't had mistake in him when he's played out from the back, you know, whether it be a wayward ball or a uh, playing it to an opponent. Uh, But I suppose you, you don't, you don't sort of get any better if you don't try in, in a way. And it's not like he does it every game. So I think the modern keeper, uh, it, it, that that is the way that they play. They play out from the back and they're good with the feet as well as uh, when it comes to stopping shots. So I think he's I think he's going out. Whether he could whether he could play sort of Premier League football or even international football, I'm not I'm not so sure. I think there are keepers out there that are a lot better than him. Um, but he's only young, and this is his first proper gig is it not yeah. you know he's not played much football other than at Bradford so and, and he seems to really really have gelled and really have uh, sort of you know there's a lot of spirit around that that goal when when something big happens and he's he's made normally mainly at the at the heart of it giving slaps on backs and giving encouragement and um I think he's good. I think I think he could definitely play League One football if we go up next season, um, without shadow of a doubt. Um, but it's beyond that. I think is where the doubts would start to set in for me. I think like the point you made uh, about him being his his first full season. I think kind of just shows like how much he can progress as well. Because um, I think loads of people are saying like if we stay in League Two next year as to whether he'll stay or not. But I generally think he will. I think he, yeah. he will stay another year just because we've given him his opportunity. And I think we've got, I mean, I think he signed a two-year deal, but we have the option to extend it for a third. I mean, it kind of works all around, doesn't it? Where I think at the end of that second year, if we're still, I mean, I'd like to think we're not going to be, but if we are still in League Two, it's still a win-win for the club where we can still get a decent three for him. And at least he can say, look, I have kind of at least given it a good two years, giving it my all and stuff. So I hope we do keep him. Uh, we go up and we keep him. But I think if, He's. Uh, I. I have to say, I probably will be confident we'll keep him in the summer. Like I know, like some people might disagree, but I. I would be fairly confident we'll keep him in the summer. But I think after that, if he keeps on his form, um, in his second year, if we still are in League Two, I. I think he's 100 percent going to go. Then I think uh, I couldn't really blame him. To be fair, as well. I. I think that you, we understate a little bit the impact that he's had because of the saves he's made in important, really important moments and games. And if you look at that in a points perspective. This is no disrespect to goalkeepers previous, but if we just still had Richard O'Donnell this season, who is playing for the team that are bottom of the league, I think that we, we won't be anywhere near where we are in the table. I think that no, Lewis no. has really contributed to our position because of the saves he's made at times under pressure. And I mean, potentially the, the, the one on Saturday that they scored that second goal, it probably could have done better with that in my head when I watched it back. I don't know if you've seen the, the highlights, but 
in the main, he's made some absolutely unreal stops, including that one again on Saturday that he clawed off the line. And yeah, I just feel like he's like like Marvin said, he's the best thing since sliced bread. And to me, I feel like he's going to be the player of the season yeah. by a mile. Um, probably going to win every uh, supporters branch award as well. Is there anybody else that's up there for it? Would you put Andy Cook in there or? I, th- I think personally, it's between them two. And I think Cook for his goals, um, but for consistency and, um, you know, kind of attitude, approach, commitment. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that kind of comes close to, to Lewis, really. Yeah. yeah. He's going to win, any. I think for me, I think for me, it depends who's picking. Because some of the man of the matches we've had this season have been very dubious. So <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, you know, if it's if it's the supporters that are picking, he's got a very very good chance of, of picking to, that award up. So. To be fair, though, it, he's he's won loads of man of the match awards, haven't he? Lewis? Yeah, yeah. Beginning of the season, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and we've always worried about that, don't you, when your goalkeepers getting man at match? But it's just it's deserved because of the contributions he's made in games and, like I say, the, the points that he's he's won for us. So, want to move us on a little bit? Um, Tranmere away tomorrow night. First of all, the question is, are you going or are you going out with your missus instead for a, a meal? LeBay, I'll ask you first, mate. All right. Well, it's Tommy at home. We're not away. We beat him away, didn't we? We're at home. We are. Yeah, I went there as well. I went away, but there you go. You were at home. Yeah, right. I'm not going. I'm not going. I, I decided a couple of months ago um, that midweek game is travelling up from Nottingham. It's just, it's just too much to do. Um, so I'm not kind of getting home till like midnight, really, um, with work the next day. It's just too late. Plus, obviously, tomorrow I've got an excuse of, of going out for a meal with the missus. So I can maybe watch the first half or knife on the table. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I won't be there, unfortunately. Shocking. Shocking. But lightweight. Yeah, I know. But you're like, yeah, just take your phone with you. Just, oh, I've got a bladder infection, love. You know, you're in the toilet every two minutes with, with phones <laughs> on, Bog. Um, Cameron, what about you, pal? I'm actually the same, to be fair. But I actually live in the Oxford area, so um, right. I actually like travel up for games and stuff as well. So even if I could go, um, um, it would um, it would take me quite a while to get back. Um, I do normally watch them when I follow the, um, but yeah, I think tomorrow. Thought, no, I'm going out as well. Um, do you have enough? Can the lit bubble bath when you get back as well, Cameron? Or <laughs> we'll see, maybe. <laughs> no, no, no spoilers there. Um, <laughs> James, I know the answer to this already, but what are your Yeah, thoughts? I'll be there and uh, anyway. Uh, I'll that be taking two kids, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. Wife's happy, but uh, I'll see you in Latvian, Adam. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, well, well, I'm taking mine and I put it out on a tweet that um, we're going for a meal. I booked a, a wonderful table at the Sweet Centre, only the best in the VIP area. Um, but it is, it's amazing this week, Senator, if anybody's not been. Absolutely superb food. Um, and then we're going to, like I say, have a nice little amble down uh, to the Latvian, where it's hopefully £1.50 bottles are still there, James, for another week. Yeah, definitely, so, yeah. We'll have some of them. Yeah, definitely. And then she's going to come I might take game. a one home if she's lucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. It's good beer and all, to be fair. I really like it, that uh, yeah. Ches or Kesa, whatever they call it. Brilliant. But there you go. We've got t- two out of four is not bad. But you've got excuses if you live far away. We'll let you get away with it. But on the subject of the game, um, we alluded again to this earlier with, with uh, Ryan East, but would you switch it back to the midfield of Ryan East in or would you think that they'll stick as we did away on Saturday? 
I'd personally go East in there. I think um, I think against Mansfield, I know he drew, but I, I personally think he did deserve to be a draw. But I think you got to remember with the introduction of Jamie Walker back in it, probably was going to take a few games to get that like system how how we wanted to do things going. But um, I think on another day though against that Mansfield game, I do think we could have won that as well. And you got to think, I know we came, we said about Chapman. If Chapman would have squared that to um, is it Neves or um, Neves, yeah. yeah, you know that probably could have won us the game. So, but I, I, I think at home, I'd like to think we'd express ourselves a bit more. I know, like that sometimes not worked a lot this year, but um, I, I think Hughes isn't going to really change the way he is as well. I think he's still going to want to try play that passive style of play, and I think I, I think when we're at home, I think we've just kind of got to go for it as well, haven't we? I mean, I don't know where Tramier are, but I don't think they're exactly like high flying or whatever. So I just think go for it, why not, and give East a go. I think they've been struggling to pick points up, haven't they, Tramier? And they'll probably come and sit back and do what a lot of teams have this season. And with that in mind, you've just got to go at them. You've just got to go at them. And big thing for us is we need to score that second goal. And I feel like that's what we've needed all season at home. And it's just not coming, hopefully. As we keep saying, we're going to turn the team over, you know, three or four nil. But you can only say that again so many times. Um, Labib, thoughts on, on tomorrow? Um, I, I suspect um, Hughes will go unchanged. Um, because I think he, he does like that. Um, he shock if he did that to yeah, and I think, um, I read Simon Parker's write up, uh, and he said that our midfield on Saturday had over almost two and a half thousand league appearances between them, so a tremendous amount of experience. I think Tranmere are about 10th, 11th, they're not a million miles behind us, um, so it's another crunch game. And as, as everyone said on, on Twitter. It's a fantastic win that we had, but we really do have to back it up now and win these next two home games against Tramway and Barrow. Um, so I suspect um, Hughes will rely upon experience and uh, stick with the same side that brought us three points on Saturday. Not that I'm, I'm, I don't want to see East in. I, I'm just, you know, looking at the crystal ball and, and kind of trying to predict what he's going to do. That That's what I suspect he'll go with. James, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think, uh, like Labib says, I think uh, he'll go and change. That just seems to be what he does. Um, the only exception to that would be if Critchlow and or Bowler are fit again. Um, I, I, I can't see him leaving Critchlow out if he's fit. Um, he seems to like that pairing of Critchlow and Platt. Uh, Critchlow just adds a bit of a, a, a bit of pace in defence as well. He seems to be able to, sorry, he seems to be able to step out and, and sort of get his footing. So, yeah. Um, on East, I think I would, I would probably like to see East play. Yeah. But uh, again, I, I, I can't see him changing it up. Interesting. I've got Chris as well on that. Uh, but on East, I just feel like he adds that more of an attacking threat as well and the energy that he brings. And Smallwood and Clayton seem to do similar jobs. But again, it worked. It worked at the weekend. So why wouldn't it work again? Chris, what are your thoughts on tomorrow night, mate? And uh, what are your plans? Because you've just joined us, haven't you? Are you volunteering it up or what, what, what are you doing? Nah, nah, I'm at work and then I'll, uh, I'll go on for an hour and make sure that she feels special for an hour and then <laughs> get myself off at football. Um, yeah. I've bought her a present. I mean, what, what do you want? So, you got her? 
Are you going to spoil it, are you? Well, when does this go live? She might say it before I get it. <laughs> she watch it religiously, yeah? All the time, yeah. Um, it's just like a little like portable charger thing. Like, looks like a car key. It's pretty smart, to be honest. I'm not going to like Right, so you've got a portable charge, should be filled with that. That's a, such a bloke <laughs> present, that. You know? That's what happens when you're married for so, as long as me, you, mate. You don't, <laughs> you don't really think about flowers and roses and not... Yeah, and candles. And <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll be at football, yeah. like I'll, just, I'll be going on later on. Um, but, yeah, I think looking at the team, like I'd, I'd prefer to see Spack. I think he does offer this something different. For me, Smallwood's not really done anything, has he? To, I, don't, I don't understand why he came straight back in, to be honest. Um so it's a bit of a shock to me. I think if you've got Clayton in there, he's doing Smallwood's job for him. So if you get Easton Gilead, who were man at match last home game, to be honest, I think it's a good dynamic midfield three, that. So that should work going forward. But I mean, I kind of joined halfway through then, but I think, you know, like you don't, you don't want to tinker too much. I get that. But same time, like you have to think what's the right sort of format going forward. Like, but we're doing it a build on the, the win on Saturday and start getting a run together, definitely. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And on the Ryan East debate as well, because you said that you're a bit... I were, I were to be honest, and I were, I were a bit upset, to be honest, about it, because I thought he played so well, you know, and he's been dropped. And what's, what message does that send to the rest of the squad? If you come back and have a good game, what's the point if you're going to get dropped again? Because as some people have said, does Hughes have his favourites? Is he going to play the same, same players? Or is it literally because of that experience that we needed away. Um, but people say about this experience that we needed, but like Labib said there, and, and I said earlier, we have loads, loads of experience in that squad as it was, and that, that starting eleven. so would it have made much difference? I know we won the game, so it should have, would have, could have in it, but were you as disappointed as me not to see East on the team sheet? Yeah, but then you've got to look back as well. Did we deserve to win the game? Like it it's still not one of these performances that we think we've we've been expecting all season. You know, like I'm still waiting for that time where we actually dominate a team and take them apart. Like it, it's just with the squad we have, I feel like it should be happening, and it's not. Like the fact that we're all celebrating a, a scrappy three-two away when it's Steven, it just shows like how far our expectations have fallen. To be honest, and I get that we can't be like, oh, look at us, we're all high and mighty in League Two, but the squad is built, the money is being given. Surely, like it should be. It should be a given, like almost. Uh, I think, yeah, I was gutted that he's dropped a player because East is the future, right? Like Clayton and Smallwood, as, as good as they can be on the day, you know, they're not going to be around forever. Whereas East is someone you could build a team around if he's given game time. Yeah, that's a really fair point. I think the other thing on Clayton as well is he's only got a short term, and until end of the season. So is he going to be with us long term? Because with Smallwood, a two year contract or three? Does anybody remember, remember that? 
I, can't remember. Too, I don't know whether there was the option for, uh, for us to extend it or not. I'm not sure. Or to cancel it. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I, I do feel like Smallwood is a good player, but I just don't feel like we've seen anything from him. Um, and again, I think it's because he's not used to being the star man in the team and maybe that's got to him a little bit. Um, but yeah, Ryan East, I'd love to have him back in. Um, Gilly as well. Gilly looks like a different player than his last couple of games. I, I do feel like he's been pretty good all season, personally. I know he's got his haters, but... Just he just looks so so much better. Is there any reason for that? Is it because he's, he's had a child now and he's, he's uh, I don't know. Is that does that change you a little bit, gents? When you have a child, does it make you work harder or enjoy things more? Maybe when you're away from the child. Well, uh, I can't say much. <laughs> can I? He'll be watching next door. I can't say much. Uh, I just think it. I think it makes you see things from a different perspective. But anyone who's anyone who's been with someone who's having a child, it's like nine months of uh, total stress and uh, total hell. You know, everything's your fault, sort of thing. Um, so I wonder if that pressure has has been lifted off his shoulders now, and is. I don't want to say it in this way because it sounds wrong, but I wonder if he's he's not getting as much grief at home. And <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, I think uh, if if he's happy or happier in his sort of personal life, that's going to be uh, uh, expressed on the pitch as well. He's going to, you know, be, be uh, a better player for it. So. Um, I suppose it's all ifs and buts, though, in here, and we're we're only guessing. Um, it could just be that uh, you know he's that they found their groove. He's found his his way in midfield, and he's uh, really clicked with uh, those players he's playing with. So, but he looks by far a better player this season than he did last. Yeah. I think it's been a topic of debate all season our midfield on it because. There's some people who've had Gilead as a scapegoat this season saying he's not good enough yeah. playing next to Smallwood. Smallwood needs somebody better next to him. And now people seem to be shifting that to Smallwood again now. We've, we've played a bit better without him. So it just seems to be that's where the problems are midfield. And it, does it, have we finally found the cure with Clayton coming in? Has he balanced it out? And I, I think so. Um, it just, I said this earlier, but because Smallwood's your captain, people always say you never drop your captain. People never managers never drop them. They want to play them, don't they? Consistently, but I think sometimes you need to. If it's working better without Smallwood in the team, then surely you've got to go with that. But I don't think Hughes will do it. I think any on, opportunity. On that, Smallwood, but, on that theory, you've just got to look at Man United and what they've done to Maguire because yeah. they they look like a totally different team when Maguire's out. Uh, in a better way, comfortable comfortable at the back, um, you know, and. and just no individual errors when you watch him play. There's not as many individual errors. Comfortable on the ball at the back, and they, they like to knock it about. And then when I watched that game on Sunday when they played at Ellen Road, and no, I did uh, as well. he made one or two mistakes, and it just it just put everybody on eggshells. You know, everybody were sort of didn't know what was going to happen uh, when they were giving him ball and such. But um, so, like I say. You know, if it's working without the captain in, then unfortunately it's a it's a big decision to make. But he's going to have to do it. Um, we'll see what with tomorrow what he does because yeah, yeah. If he's going to switch it back tomorrow's a perfect uh, game to do it at home where you've you've just come off the back of the win. 
um, Ryan East will be itching to get back on the pitch and yeah, no reason why I shouldn't be. And I guess tomorrow again, I feel like these last few games for me, nothing's been a surprise because Hughes changed up, didn't he, massively. I think it was three games ago and we're all a bit like, what has happened there when East came in? Um, and he made maybe five changes. And it seems like over these, like say, the last couple of games, it's it's continued that theme and he could pick a different 11. And a lot of people are saying, are we going to play with three centre-backs and two wing-backs? Is that going to happen now? Or, we don't know. Um, but again, a name I want to bring up again is uh, Osadibi because I don't know if you've, you all follow him on social media, but he's absolutely brilliant uh, on Instagram. And he tweets them all. You know, he watches all the games and he's tweeting them saying, you know, that's my boy or whatever on pitch. And I love all that. And I feel like we, we haven't seen enough of that and we probably would have done if he'd have been playing more. Do you think Osadibi gets back into that team and where would you slot him in? Um, Cameron, I'll ask you first. I think it's hard to say, I think. I think it probably depends on what team we're playing. I think if we're playing a team where, like as you said, when we're at home and we're just sitting back, I think he suits that more. I think like against the Stevenage, I think we do suit that midfield more. I know it was really scrappy, but I think that's what you're going to get with Stevenage because that's what Steve Evans does. But I think like against like a Tramier, I know obviously he's not fit, but if he was fit, he'd be a player I'd... Um, I think I'll be playing. I think um, I reckon he's just. Um, we saw it glimpses in preseason. He can just carry the ball up from midfield, and um, I think I saw clips of him at Walsall where he, he has that element where he can link up with the attack. And um, I wouldn't say like he's exactly like Jamie Walker, but he can kind of bring that like factor in what Jamie Walker does in an attacking sense, if that makes sense. They're not like the same players. I'm not trying to say they are. Like I think he more of a complete. Like central midfield, if that makes sense. But um, I, I think you just bring that bit more energy in midfield, bringing the ball up and, um, and dragging it up compared to, I think, maybe what like a Smallwood or Clayton would. But I think, in fairness, with Clayton and Smallwood, they just don't have the legs to do it. But I think Ozabede would. So I think he definitely would be a good option to have one. I think teams are just sitting back and we're trying to unlock them. I think that's when he'd sue it more. So I'll probably yeah. say to answer your question, I think when he's fit and he's going, I probably would have him in for a majority of the time. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I guess maybe we'll see him come off the bench. But, um, Labib, what are your thoughts on DB? Would you like to see him play in, in any particular position? Is it midfield for you as well? Um, well, for, firstly, the first thing I'd say, I think it's it's fantastic to see his recovery come along so well. Um, well, isn't it? I mean, when, obviously, I think everyone saw that injury. Uh, and I think when most people realised how bad it was, I thought, well, that's the whole season written off, really. He's going to be coming back for at least another 12 months. So I think even to be considered to be ready in a few weeks' time is just absolutely amazing. Uh, Do you think it's his attitude that's helped that Labib and wanting to come back? You know, I think has that helped the injury? I know it's hard to say because you're bodying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think definitely. I think that motivation and that that desire, uh, and again, just to be slightly kind of cautious about it, is just hope he's not rushing it. Um, just out of desperation to come back quickly. Obviously, you know, everybody wants to see him playing again, but there's always that slight doubt at the back of your mind that it's such a serious injury. The last thing that you want to do is, is to see him get injured again uh, if he's not 100%. So I, I, I would obviously urge him to be to be cautious and make sure he's absolutely fully fit, as, as I'm sure all the medical staff would be. So, you know, his, his wealth welfare and health comes first as far as I'm concerned. Um obviously I want to see him back playing. Now having said all of that, I I don't know where his best position is. Is he kind of an out and out wide player? Is he more of that kind of Jamie Walker kind of number ten role? 
And the question is, if we put him in, who do we leave out instead? Um, is it an out-and-out replacement for Walker? And I, I don't know enough about Osadibi to to make that call. You know, I, I, I've got nothing to compare or contrast with. So whilst it's great he's ready to play, I'm not quite sure where he would play. I think that's the thing, isn't it? We, we haven't seen enough of him to know, but he just he just seems an exciting player, doesn't he, that you almost want him to play because he just seems like he has something special that he's got to give and I guess we'll we'll see. And we paid a fee for him as well, so he must be he must be half all right. I think mm. it were a bag of balls and about 10 grand, but, you know. Um, Chris, Osadibi, thoughts yourself, mate? Yeah, I think we haven't we aren't seen enough of him, have we? Unless you were like a lower league expert like and you watched Warsaw in the previous season or whatever, I, I don't know. Like, I thought he looked good, but like we only saw him for, what, eight minutes? And then obviously that, you know, that injury happened and that's really unfortunate. And I, I think I agree with the social media side. You see it all the time, don't you? And you think like, this guy's got got it. He understands a bit like Harry Lewis. He understands what it's like to be at this club. Like, get the fans on your side. Tweet about the club. You know, tweet loads of positive stuff, and like everyone's gonna love you. But that for me, that's not enough to come back into a team. Mm. I'd like to see him come back in. I'd like to see what he's got to offer. Like, but if I was bringing him in, I'd probably he'd probably be in there with the East debate. You know, like does he does he replace one of if you take out Smallwood, then you put East or. Osadibian because they're more of a get Clayton to sit back and do the the donkey work, the kind of like quarterback role, and then you know get, have a box to box midfielder that's kind of a bit more like the Osadibi type role. But like Labib says, I don't know enough about his past. He's never really lit up a club as he before, um, to the point where I'd be like, yes, get him back now, like he's amazing. But you know, he's definitely going to be a great character to have around, and it looks like all the time he's been injured, he's been there in the dressing room, you know, like getting involved. And that's all you can ask, really, because you see some players that get injured and then they disappear from the training ground for like six months. Yeah, At least he's not that. He's very positive and, you know, he reminds me a, a lot of like all the, you know, the kind of influential players that you you see in the Premier League that you look up to and you aspire to be because he's kind of like just a lovable personality. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I feel like you, you can feel it from his tweets that he genuinely means it as well. And he's, he seems a bit daft as well, you know, certain times that like he puts stuff on Instagram and it proper tickles me. And I like that as well because, you know, rather than him hiding away and not... Because a lot of them don't give out away because they're told not to by the clubs a lot of the time because it's like people can come at you for it. But, yeah, I love to see it when they've got the confidence to do it. He's a bit like Grealish, isn't it? Like, it's kind of... <laughs> you know, Grealish has had that media training, but he just doesn't really pay any yeah. attention to it. It just I comes out that. and says it exactly how it is and everyone loves him for it yeah like the only people that don't like really is the ones that are just like jealous of the fact that he has absolutely everything yeah. um are the ones that are like... in charge of his media campaign and all that sort of side of things <laughs> they don't like it as much do they? So, like, when he comes out he just literally tells the truth like and he just has a yeah. laugh of it and i think that's what you know the likes i've mentioned it already like harry lewis like Osadibi, etc. They're the type of players you want because they're having a yeah. laugh. They're not just like robots speaking back to Jamie Rayner on the radio. They're like, yeah. they've got personality, they've got character, they they know what it's like to represent this club. Just a quick one on that as well. And you mentioned Harry Lewis. Um, he messaged, I messaged him after the game. He said that was you know superb save, and he went, yeah, that one was for the groundsman because the groundsman were pissing about, weren't they? You guys will, were there, they'll know this that they were don't let him train in the box, but their goalkeeper were doing it at the other end. Is that right? Labib, Cameron, you'll know this more than any of us. Yeah, I arrived yeah. late, but from what I've seen online, I think yeah, I think that's I think that is what happened. Yeah, yeah. I give him a bit of a swipe on uh, on Twitter about it. Yeah, 
because he, he tweeted about any of their groundsmen saying I rattled all City fans and all, all this and that because he just he was like kicking ball out one of but did you see any of it? He did, yeah, because uh, it started off with Doyley on the edge of the, the penalty area, more or less on the corner. I think the, the clip I saw was that the groundsman actually came up and kicked the ball away. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. On the pretense he was like forking that area, and uh, they were they looked to be exchanging words. Um, Doyle tried to ignore him and carry on pinging balls into Lewis, and then they moved more into the centre of the goal. Um, and obviously, you know when they set up a spare goal, don't they? Yeah, uh, warm up. I think we we were kind of practicing shooting and all that kind of stuff. Whereas I think they wanted to go through the drills in the actual goal area, and it was being really awkward, being really difficult, preventing them from doing so. I didn't see what was going off at the other end, whether Stevenage keeper was being interfered with, but certainly I've I've never seen that before. I've never seen groundsmen coming up and stopping our players warming up. Steve um, Evans, a bit. I bet Steve Evans from, tactics. It'll yeah. be that fat control. He'll, he'll have been doing it all. Honestly, yeah, it's, it all seemed a bit, bit bizarre, really. Yeah, strange. But it was funny because he were quiet as a mouse in that first half. He was just sat on bench, you know, as he is. And then second half, he were flying off bench, going mental at stuff. And I just, I love it when he gets angry because he's got, he's obsessed in here with our club. He, he wants to manage us. He never will manage us. Um, and he was building us up, and then we went and beat him, which were fantastic. Uh, I'll tell you before we um, before we move on to another subject. My favourite moment from Saturday. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't know if anybody clocked this. I saw it. We were deep into injury time. Uh, obviously, we were winning three two and trying to run the clock down. Stevenage are putting more and more pressure. Nevers has a bit of a breakdown down um, down the right hand side. Um, and goes down in a bit of a heap, clutching his face. Uh, referee ignores it, points to a goal kick, and at this stage, Nevers is off the pitch. Um, obviously, Stevenage want to take a quick goal kick and mount the attack, and what Nevers does is he actually crawls back <laughs> onto the pitch, right? So he's, he's like, like lying on the ground, waving, calling for attention, which obviously then stops Stevenage yeah. keep from taking a quick goal kick and mounting another attack. So the game stops. Obviously, Alfie's has to run on at the pitch right from the other side. He's got to come right to the opposite corner. Yeah. Uh, Nevers his treatment. Obviously, it's not wrong with him. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he runs back to the halfway line and he's, he's back on within a few seconds. But I thought it was a brilliant bit of uh, game management, really. Shit of it, which we don't do enough, Lebeau, yeah. and that's the big thing with City. We never do it. Always gets done to us, but we never do it. So. Yeah. But it was yeah. a bit where he was off the pitch and he like put himself back onto the pitch. <laughs> I crawled up. You crawl, crawl back on in order to referee stop the game. The other highlight as well with the lad, did you see when he was celebrating the goal and he had a portion of chips and he he, I don't, he didn't drop a chip and he kept eating them? Sky Sports had tweeted about it and he was, he was just eating his chips when they were all going mental around him. I thought that were brilliant. It's it's a thing and it's Bradford City fans and eating. They were a guy with a pie, weren't they? Remember that pie in the sauce song? There's no sauce, yeah, brown, yeah. brown sauce, yeah. They, they, they were passing up one that brown sauce to him and, and what have you, but yeah, superb. Love stuff like that. Um, James, I'm going to come to you, mate, as well, and I said, is there anything you want to add or after what we've discussed? Uh, I think everything's been covered, really, hasn't it? But I think we'll, I think we'll probably see the 10, 15-minute cameos that he likes to give these players coming back from injuries, won't we? So we'll maybe see him in a couple of different positions anyway before we 
before we get him started. So it would be nice to uh, to give him a cameo at Doncaster, maybe just because that's uh, that's a, the same team he got injured against. But um, I'm like everybody else; I've I've just not seen enough of him to to have a, a sort of fixed opinion, really. Yeah. And I think it's probably a bit unfair of uh, of anyone to to judge him unless they have seen a, a decent portion of his play. So. I think you've been reading my notes as well because you've led me on really well um, to Doncaster because it's the next thing I want to talk about. Obviously, today we've released a statement to say we've we've sold all the tickets, which is what three three and a half thousand give or take, which is absolutely fantastic in it at this level. To be fair, no matter who you are. Can't wait. I don't, are you are you all going, gentlemen? Are you all getting down to Doncaster? Baron, you, James? I've missed out and I have missed out. I can't You're in there as well. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it, yeah. So, I, th- I, think, I, I never thought I'd sell out. Never thought I'd sell out. I'm, I'm pretty certain I saw a tweet that we might possibly be getting some more. Well, you can. The, the away allocation you can get is about 4-2 altogether. Um, there's yeah, two blocks at like... So we've sold 3,300, so there might be a chance we, we'll, we'll get a few more in. Yeah. So what's your space, James? Yeah. Finger, yeah. Fingers crossed, Labeam. I, I was told there were 3-3 three, three and no more. So, but yeah. we'll see. My, my be... source of information is probably not as good as yours. <laughs> there might be some that go back to ticket office as well, because people that can't go. So what are you laughing at, Chris Smithers? <laughs> what are you laughing at, mate? I'm just laughing at the fact that I can't bloody come. <laughs> oh, what are you doing this time? I'm, you, Dublin, I'm, in, I'm in Dublin that weekend. So, oh, right. Uh, but yeah, I agree with James's source of information. It's probably a bit sketchy, so it's probably best to agree with Labib that the more tickets might go on sale. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, are you are you heading down, Cameron? Are you getting there? No, I'm actually busy that weekend, which is really annoying. Um, I'm coming up for the um, Barrow game and then um, another one, I think, like, a couple of weeks later, but no, the, um, I think the one game, yeah, I really want to go to, I'm not, but um, I probably, uh, hopefully, we will watch on iFloor, so yeah, well, it'll be good. And it's nice when there's there's loads of us about, and you just see all you know, all those chickens, is that whatever that meme is, look at all those chickens, um, walking up to the ground because it's a right trek, isn't it? It's, is that, I don't know if anybody's been before on train, but it's like an half an hour walk from, from train station, um, to ground, so. Yeah, that's interesting. But the pub that we've booked, if anybody's interested, um, what did they call it now? I put it on early. Hold on. The Leopard. We've, we've booked a table at the Leopard, which is like near the train station. Um, it's down as like um, a sports pub and it's for away fans. So if anybody's interested in, in a pub, because everybody always asks, don't they, on Twitter, uh, you can book a table in the sports area in there. Um, we're in there from 11.30. So if you fancy a pint and a chat about City, you'll, you'll know where to find us. Well, some of us that are got other plans Chris in Dublin um but yeah fingers crossed you get your ticket James maybe that they might release some more just to get uh, Mick Lammy yeah. a couple back I'm hoping so I'm hoping yeah. so just try and just try and work it so you don't have to you don't have to take kids as well so you can have your own little day out how about well, that? we've already got our trade tickets somewhere the pound each way or whatever they were so yeah, that, that was another thing wasn't it yeah the, the value yeah. of the train tickets I think they're about a quid one they are two quid yeah, I think wow. I paid four, four pound for three of us return. So, yeah. so if not, you'll be an omender. <laughs> I can't see it. He'll uh, he'll get me arrested, won't he? So <laughs> when he say he, it means his um, nine year old son. <laughs> oh, ten. He was ten yesterday. Ten. Sorry, yeah, his birthday. Don't say. 
Yeah, you don't mean like a thug. It's a take, but he's, he's a little, he's a little thug in it. He's loud. He likes the, he likes the city chants. Um, so I mean, on the Donny game, and and if, if you look at the the runner games we've had, it's it's probably been the toughest period of the season, hasn't it? Um, and I'd still say continuing. And the points we've picked up have been pretty good when you look back. And we've just got to start beating the other teams, haven't we? Like the Rochdales of the world and. Gillingham's and teams like that. Do you feel like the form is going to start picking up or are we just going to be inconsistent all season? I think it must start now, realistically. I think I put a tweet out the other week. Um, I did the maths and I think in recent seasons, 80 points gets you uh, automatics, I think. Um, I think a few seasons before that was 85. So call it like 81, 82, maybe in the middle. We need to get, I think out of 18 games, a 10 or 11 wins, I think, to guarantee automatics will be very close to it um so i think when you look at the fixtures it's just a case of when you look at them is do we have 10 11 wins in us um i think when you look at them i think if we can just build from what happened at stevenage i do think it's doable but i think we've said that a lot this year where we get the odd win here and there where uh, like against Salford and I think Mansfield early on in the season where you think, oh, this could be it now, we could just crack on and then we just go in that bit of dip, uh, have a bit of a dip. So it's just whether, yeah, we we can just kind of get it, get it going. But I think it, I think when you look at that and how many wins we've got to get from now, we have to do it now, I think. And um, I think if we don't in the next few games, I think the season will be... Just need a bit of momentum, finishing, don't we, yeah. Cameron? Just, just like yeah. get a couple of games behind us because the teams at the top are faltering. They're all they're all in a bit of a you know blobbing the form and it's just a perfect time to do it. And do you think that the top three is achievable or do you think that's just a little bit too far of a reach for us? Do you think playoffs are probably where we are? I, I generally think like these next I probably say the next two months are going to determine whether it's going to be playoffs or automatics. I I think in my opinion I think it will be playoffs. I don't think we're going to be quite there automatics. Um, I just I think overall we just haven't got the goals in us. I'm not too worried defensively. Because I think defensively we have proved this year we can be all right. Um, I think it's just goals and whether because we can't really rely on Andy Cook. I think we're going to need them from elsewhere. So it's whether Jamie now Jamie Walker and maybe Derbyshire because obviously he scored this week and well, what a goal! Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's it's whether yeah I think we can get the goals, but I, I just think we're not going to unfortunately. I think the same things will happen at home where. We'll get like one nil up, but I just don't think we're going to hold them. But I'd love to be proven wrong, though. But I do think certainly in them 18 games we've got remaining, I think we can. There are at least 10, 11 games where I look at them and think, yeah, we we should be winning them. But it's just yeah, it's whether we can be consistent or not. And I think the last two games of the season, I mean, Leighton Orient's one of them, and is Northampton. Yeah. Leighton I think Northampton I'd be very worried about because I think they'll be they could be like. It could be like a last day thing where it could be if they win, they get third, or if they lose, they don't. But I think Leighton Orient, if I know they've dipped a bit, but if they win the league by then, or at least are promoted, but they can't realistically win the league by then, I'd, I'd be a bit more confident we can beat them just because they're like they're rubber in it, yeah, yeah, they're, they're done then, their season's done. So not to say that their players won't turn up and try, but I think we'll have more of a motivation to beat them than them. So I. I'm not so much worried about the Leighton Orient game because I think they'll be promoted by then because I do think they will go up. It's more than the Northampton game, which I think could be huge, depending on if we get a momentum going. Somebody just made me laugh as well. It's a bit off, off topic, but what we spoke about before, they've commented saying, where did James get his train tickets from? Um, it wasn't just, just James. We all did. I think we put a tweet out because they were they're on sale. It was Northern Rail won it, I think, James. The pound tickets. You're muted, mate. 
you're muted. This is like a yeah, team It was another real New Year's sale, wasn't it? So yeah, you've built every year, I think, and and we got we got them last season for uh, Salford away. I think you can get them every so often, but yeah, I, I, didn't did. I, I didn't go on that one, but I think you did, yeah. Yeah. So there you go, Curtis. But I think they've all gone now, mate. You're a bit late on that one. I might have an adult and two kids return if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say you're going to advertised. Any other thoughts as well about what we've just been speaking about then? Uh, just to add to Cameron's points. Uh, Labib, Chris. Um, I, th I think um, th that number of wins that we need from the remaining games is a big ask if you look at how many wins we've had so far. So proportionately, we're going to have to win a far number of games out of what we've got left. Um, and I've, I've tweeted about it a couple of times. I think we really do need to start to put a run together if we've got any realistic chance of either automatics or the playoffs. It's so tight around us for that seventh, split, seventh spot, you know, if we start dropping points. And like we said the other day, um, massive win on Saturday, but it's going to mean nothing if we don't back it up against Tranmere and Barrow. Uh, if we do win those, that game against Donny is going to be, you know, uh, very, very important indeed. It should be a fantastic day out, huge following. Everything's up for grabs, really, as I think right now. Um, and now's the time. If you if you think back to the last time we got promoted, 2013, um, we had obviously the League Cup final, didn't we, which is right at the end of February. Yeah. Um, I think at that stage we had something like 11 games left and Parkinson gave that speech that you know we, we're going to do whatever we can possibly do to make sure we, we get up there and I think it's about time we, we made that sort of commitment and really go for it. Well this you know? this league this season Labib, it's, it's the worst I can remember it. there's nobody really, I mean Leighton Orient away was, was superb to be fair, they were just miles ahead of us but I just don't think there's that much quality in it. And if you don't get playoffs, I'd be very worried because there's such a lack of quality. And if you compare what we've got in that team to other teams in this division, we're just miles ahead. So we've just got to start seeing it. Chris, is any, any thoughts on that, mate, that you want to add? Yeah, I agree with you, to be fair. Like, I think just looking at our squad, like, there's no reason why we can't go on that run that, you know, you guys have talked about. It's kind of interesting looking at it from a mathematical point of view, like Cameron mentioned, because... I never really do. Like eleven wins from eighteen is pretty tough. But I always look at it like Kyle Isler in third, like and the shit. So how can we not like how are we like not above them? That's what I keep thinking. So I'm like I'm just confident that we're gonna get on this run that we keep talking about. Yeah. Amir average, Barrow average, Doncaster average, like all teams that you should be beating. And then after that you're looking like I think it's like Newport, Sutton, you know, teams like that, like I don't know. I think it's just me. I look at everyone in this league and think, if we turn up, we beat them. Like, yeah. no, I don't mean turn up and just expect to go through the motions. I mean, if we turn up and play yeah. the way we can play, then yeah, you could win, like, I'm not going to say 18 out of 18, but you could win, like, 13, 14 of those games. Yeah, like a Sheffield United-type run when they, when they were invincible in, in League One that season. It's, it's doable. Yeah. You've got the quality in the team. And the thing is, with Mark Hughes, he can play that attacking football. He likes to... You know, get the ball forward and what have you, and and you know, I think that this team's got it in them, but we just need to see it. We can't keep speaking about it. We need to just turn up and destroy yeah. somebody. But I feel, I really do feel like that <laughs> Stevens result is going to put so much confidence in them all. And um, I just, I just really hope we can kick on. Somebody mentioned this earlier about the back four. And it's just the last thing I'll touch on because we've been going just over an hour now. But it's Stubbs. I mean, does he? 
what 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 we're going to do there because I think a lot of people probably like Stubbs in because of the experience he brings and last last season he was the best player in the league two at defensive level. Is that alone those leadership qualities? Would you play him and Critchlow together? Because um, I thought Platt was probably the best one of our best players to be honest on Saturday. So what do you do there? Who do you bring in? Who do you leave out? Do you leave it as it is? Is, is Critchlow still out? I mean, any thoughts on that one? I think if you had to rank all of the the centre-backs we've got. For me, Critchlow, I think, is by far the best one out of them all. Um, it's a pain because I know he's, he's a lone player, especially to Huddersfield, but he is by far the best player. So I don't think when he's fit for me, there's no drop in him. So I think when you when you weigh it up, it's between Stubbs and Platt. I, I think I think it's hard to say because I do agree. I think Platt, um, I don't think he's like one of the best defenders in this league, but he's very solid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He, he does, agree, he does yeah. But... I just like um, touching back from that Stevenage game. I know like he was a bit shaky here and there, but I personally felt there was just more to them. Just um, as I said, with the leadership wise, he just brought a lot more to that game. And I could see him shouting at players and telling other players, look, be here, especially on, I know like we were terrible at set pieces that day, but like be here and do this, etc., like that. And I think ultimately, I think if he's gets, his fitness back and his match fitness. I personally would like to see a few for a few games, um, Stubbs and Critchlow, I think, um, and see how it goes. Because it's harsh on Platt. I, I won't drop him because he's been bad, but at the end of the day, you've got to pick your best players. And I think if them two are better, then you've got to do it. Haven't you? so, I think also. <laughs> Different like a team call now with that ringing. But no, you're right. And, and the other thing is, um, I think it would play football from the back, and I don't think it suits Platt. And in that respect, but when the ball's yeah. in the air, going the other way, it wins everything, doesn't it? So it, it did happen in that first half as well. It did happen in that first half as well, where um, he, um, I think he was in the first half. There was like a loose pass he did or whatever, and uh, I was like, oh god, like they're going to go on to score here. But I yeah. think it would be harsh though if he was dropped. Um, I, I'd understand it if he did to put Stubbs in, but I think it would be harsh because I, I don't think he's necessarily done anything wrong. That's the thing. Yeah. But I, I do, I think. If Stubbs gets to the level he was at Exeter in League Two, I think you've got to go with your best players. I think as harsh as it is, and um, I think Stubbs can be that, especially with Critchlow. So I think you've got to do it, person. We might we might see uh, him switch it up. I'll tell you what, your ringtone at least it wasn't that filthy porn noise that comes. No, on, you know, people get thanked to that in that interview. No, it's a cue for me to make food. I'm just going to say I'm going to have to go. But uh, thank thank you very much for having me there. Um, no, it's a pleasure. We're going to tie up anyway now, Cameron. The only, the last thing I wanted to mention was just Kelly because I thought Kelly had a nice cameo as well. To be honest, when he came on the bet from the bench and is it when we looked like we went to three at the back. I know he was sort of playing quite to the on the left hand side like a left back position, but I thought he was solid. Um, so he's a yeah, throwing mix at centre back. But yeah, I think we'll call it there, gents. Unless there's any other opinions, anything you want to bring up quickly, Labib, Chris. No, no, I think no. Like, you're right about Kelly, to be fair. Like, he did look solid. But I don't know if that's just because he's absolutely fucking massive. He's like, his arms. His arms like <laughs> yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'd have him in just to, like, fucking bully opposition players and maybe bench press him on centre pitch, you know what I mean? Just to, <laughs> yeah. like, a bit of extra terrestri- extracurricular activity, do you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> but yeah, he's a good he's a good solid option, but he's yeah. probably not going to be playing much, is he, when you've got stubs. Unless he goes three at the back, which yeah. I would like to see him do, but... Yeah, I would as well. To be fair, I'd like to see. I'd like to see us do. I think more clubs are doing three at the back nowadays with wing backs, especially in League One. So I would be interested to see what we can do with that. It's just maybe that would maybe that was a plan until Bolo got injured because does Rydal strike you as a, a full-on wing back? 
I, I think to be fair, he did, I think he actually did quite well against yeah, Stephen. Yeah. I was really surprised at how well he did, but I don't think he'd suit being a fullback. I just don't think he has the legs in him either. But it's kind of given because of his age and how long he's been out. So he's a better left back than Folds. So I know that's controversial, but like I'd rather have Rydos just back up than Folds. I think Mark Hughes knows exactly what he's doing. That's why he's gone out on loan. But I know a lot of people will disagree with that. I'm I'm with you a bit. I feel like there's been a massive outcry for Folds, and I. I, I I don't get it, personally. I think it's just because he's a Bradford lad and people want him to maybe be better than what he was. He's had a solid season, to be fair, but I don't feel like he's a really top-level top level fullback. Labib, do you agree with that or disagree? Because um, I'm not sure where you sit on that one. I have to say, I found it odd at the time. Um, yeah. That's really because Foles had been the regular starter for, what, 15, 16 games or something? Yeah. And it just felt really odd that a regular player goes out on loan uh, and it looked like it was in favour of Bowler kind of coming in. Yeah. Obviously, Hughes had a slightly different take on it. You know, he said that Falls actually came to him and kind of requesting the move. You know, kind of take that as a, a face value. Um, I thought he'd done all right, Falls. Uh, I thought he'd done okay. Uh, it looked steady enough. There were a couple of games that looked really, really good defensively. Yeah, um, as a fullback, you perhaps want him to push up a little bit more. Uh, on the occasions he did so, putting some good crosses, I thought I thought he looked steady enough. Um, you know, um, so yeah, I, I found it a bit odd at the time, if I'm honest. Um, I did, I did. I, th- I was quite confused because it was like, why are you getting rid of a left back? We've only got one in reserve, but it probably were a good decision. It's gone now before he gets in trouble. Cameron has dropped off in former ringing again, but. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be a good decision in the long run. Um, not convinced on Bolly yet, Bolo, whatever you want to call him, but maybe Rydall's not as bad as probably what people are making out. Yeah, I, I didn't watch that. Was it Stockport where Bowler made his debut? I didn't see that. Um, but I, th- I thought he looked all right against Mansfield. I thought he looked pretty yeah, solid. Oh, Miles better. Yeah, I think he was just nervous yeah. that first game. He couldn't take a throw in. I think that was a worry. Mm. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was like a netball throw, wasn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> And it was very worrying because a, f- a professional football not being able to take a throw in. It, it really did seem to struggle. But yeah, it, it, miles better the game after. Um, yeah. Putting yourself about a bit and what have you. But, yeah, but he followed me on Instagram and unfollow- unfollowed me because <laughs> he must have <laughs> listened to some of me. So I'll berating him after that first game. But a, cu- a couple of lads mentioned on uh, on Saturday that we've signed an injury-prone player. And after mm. two games, guess what? He's injured. Yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll, you know, the jury's out, I think, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Right, gents, I think we'll call it there. Unless there's anything you wanted to say, Chris, because you unmuted yourself again. Any additions on that? Nah, I think that's 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 a bit about it for me, to be honest. Yeah, well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And uh, thank you to uh, Cameron and James as well, who, who've both disappeared because they've been bollocked by the missus, by the looks of it. <laughs> um, but no, thank you for coming on. I really like this format, to be honest. I think it works having quite a few more people on, you know, rather than just two people. That are yeah. So if, you, if you're interested again, gentlemen, we'll, uh, we'll do another one. Um, thank you for everybody that got involved on the comments as well on YouTube. Appreciate that. Uh, this will go out on a, on a podcast and audio and all that sort of rubbish. Um, but yeah, thanks as always. And uh, let's hope we get a result tomorrow. And have a lovely Valentine's Day as well. All right. Cheers, guys. See you. See you later. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. 
If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.